0: radio Talk, for to Mesh. welcome to team Hole edition 231 with nikhil kale akasha creative evolutionary catalyst quantum architect multi-dimensional mentor for new paradigm leaders sagittarius surprise join the team as we get to know nick kill a creative globetrotter expanding consciousness and horizons with style truth and grace well met
1: thank you an absolute pleasure and joy to be only here with you guys to jam
2: yeah dude uh i'll tell you how i came upon you a few years ago but something we do on the podcast at the beginning is to correspond the number of the episode In this case, 231, which reduces down to six, uh, to a major arcana, which is the lovers. I'm a sun and moon Gemini, so the lovers is the Gemini card. It is, I am the gateway to divine love. The lovers is seeking connection with others, blending opposing ideas into one, making a choice, accepting yourself as you are, and giving and receiving freely. Raphael, what angel card do you have? We
0: have number 44 five the angel of motivation and willfulness belonging to the powers this angel helps to confuse the proud and wicked who oppress the humble it raises the goodwill and hope of despair dominates vegetation and everything that lives and breathes influences the elementals that care and protect nature it is the god who stirs all men associated with the six of cups and the affirmation goes i take advantage of the opportunity to let dear ones know how i feel qualities include exaltation of consciousness bearer of health and healing and patron of the four
2: elements so i'm curious nikhil if uh, any of that synced and resonated with you
1: oh 100 percent just with respect to Coming together in relation, deeper relationship with self and with others, and really like bridging paradigms that have been showing up in my life and really harnessing that willpower and motivation to really move beyond and above all the resistance that's been coming up lately to create what desires to emerge. So, yeah, it feels really pertinent.
2: That's what's up. Yeah, um, so I became aware of you probably two or three, maybe four years ago, but more like three probably. Uh, you were in Bali with Anya Lee, and I'm a friend with her on Facebook, and I just kept seeing you guys talking about cool shit, um, doing a lot of activations, doing a lot of stuff in Bali, uh, and I think I've probably quoted you once or twice on Facebook. Uh, I do that a lot with people I know or don't know, famous people, whatever, but... Um, and you seem like an interesting character. So when I started kind of thinking about guests to get on, you came to mind, and that's kind of my awareness of you. We've never talked before, uh, but you seem like you know uh, you have a st- you know a whole lot of energy. and I'm looking at your chart: eighth house, uh, sun, um, Sagittarius, and you said eleventh house, Pisces, moon. So very mystical kind of character. I could tell that right off the bat, and you just seem like a cool cat to get on the podcast. Just to pick the brains and see what you you got going on.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, and Bali, I really remember those days quite clearly. Um, I hold such a strong affinity with that island, and she's really held a powerful pole on my journey. And yeah, I find myself here continuing to introspect about this existence. And, you know, there's so much in the eight house, right? I've only recently got into astrology with some pretty um, top notch astrologers taking a look at my chart, and they're like, dude, you're like a fucking psychic ninja, like, used to be just, you know, like, commander of legions and deep, deep shaman. And now in this lifetime, thankfully, I'm moving towards the Taurine simplicity and really feeling embodied and present in this physical vessel and really following the beauty way. So it's a nice contrast that I've been embracing within. It hasn't necessarily been easy, but yeah, here I am. And yeah, it's beautiful to connect in this way at this time. And I just love this uh, intention and approach.
2: That's what's up. Yeah, I'm looking at a chart now. You have a North Node of Taurus, as do I. Um, so yeah, you're worried to chill out and kind of establish a beautiful kingdom, if you want to put it that way. Your Jupiter's in Aquarius, as is mine. Good job. I'm just kind of glancing over your stuff. I mean, you. Good job. is a relative term, but um, you have you're a powerhouse of transformation. I mean, you're getting into some deep shadow work. Um, you're definitely I don't know how you feel about being a truther or not, but it's like you're here to flip some tables Jesus style uh, and tell people like certain things are not correct um, through potentially very uh, <laughs> intense uh, engagements. So before we get into um, your chart and stuff, I'm kind of curious uh, where you grew up, kind of what culture you were coming from, how you got into a globetrotting, um, you know, new paradigm or if you will.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So I was born in Bombay, or now it's called Mumbai, in India. Um, so my my dad is from the state Maharashtra, so like a Hindu, but never actually um, like his religion is art essentially, you know. So he's not living on this planet. My mom is a Goan Catholic, so and an English speaker. So I grew up speaking English and being raised in the Catholic um, dogma slash cult. And at five years old. Uh, we migrated to australia and i you know spent my yeah my my teens and my early years there um, you know just essentially acclimatizing to a different culture finding myself uh, moving through all the facets and layers of like being who i am in a new environment and just like being in a strange place and having to deal with all the in you know, all the trauma that it inevitably got put onto me and you know I wouldn't go down that rabbit hole too much yet unless that opens up and had a massive 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 awakening at age 18 um, to the point that you know I was literally being visited by light beings um, most nights and walking around with orbs floating around me and like I I literally was not in this dimension anymore Um, I never learned how to ground I had no physical teachers it was just a full-blown reimagination of reality and long story short Um, I was so high on that octave um, without any, you know, balancing that the pendulum inevitably swung the other way as everything in my reality fell apart from relationships to just a sense of what am i even doing here. And also when the deepest trauma came up, then there was a deeper exploration of the darkness. So I swung the other way, you know, went into this uh, exploration of what it is to um, be
2: your finger is be, be, okay, you got it cool, got it. cool. yeah I, I got it yeah yeah
1: um yeah i went to the exploration of you know of, of evil of darkness to understand what's possible like how my father could have done what he did for example and you know uh, drugs gangs um uh, you know prostitution uh, self-destruction inevitably right so just kind of like other dark exploration and then when i was 21 this is probably like saving grace i got um I just came into my field through a friend, an opportunity to work in Dubai for an airline and to kind of like to travel and be a cabin crew. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I get to, I get to travel and get out of here. And long story short, I, I got the job. Um, it's very, very hard to get into, but clearly my nonchalant approach and probably a little bit of weed that I smoked and just my non attachment helped me to get it very easily. And then in my twenties, um, I spent, yeah, that time working for an airline and just traveling the world nonstop. Um, I got, you know, promoted pretty quickly. So I was like the manager. I was essentially getting paid to stay awake, got business class travel for next to nothing. Um, and then whilst I was there towards the end of that cycle, um, I started my degree online. which is a business degree, which I didn't learn much other than the fact that, oh, shit, I should probably start a business. Um, and I ended up getting married and everything like that as well. And uh, when that phase ended, because I knew that I had pretty much milked it for what it was worth, I didn't want to work on corporate, came back to Australia with a business idea and, you know, I created an app out of nothing. I'm not an app developer, but I created one somehow. And and then, yeah, when that didn't work out, great lessons. I moved to the States for a little bit in Brooklyn with my um, ex-wife and everything unraveled there at the end of that cycle you know something came up in a relationship she had feelings of somebody else and even though I was outwardly upset inwardly I was pretty much overjoyed because I knew it was time to be I was being called back within and that essentially catalyzed um, another deep dive where first of all I wanted to heal all my relationship stuff so I never had to replay any of the stuff that was playing out but then That was some tantric work that I went into as well. And that kicked up a lot of deep sexual wounding, which I had repressed. um, And that just opened up the whole, you know, the world of everything. And that's also how, you know, psychedelics came into my field and somatic work. And then I've been doing the thing. And part of that journey, actually, just back, back with a little bit, when I went to Brooklyn that time, you know, I was just there chilling. I had a free ticket to get there. I'm like, how do I make some money while I'm here? I remember as a kid, I used to kind of like build websites on Notepad. I don't know if anyone remembers Notepad. Um, I'm like, okay, how can I, okay, I'll figure out how, because my friend who's a designer saying, just use WordPress. I'm like, sweet. And then I had this, you know, deep intention. I'm only going to work with beings that are doing some sort of conscious work in the world or uplifting the world in some way. And that's pretty much it. And fast forward, you know, the last five years have been predominantly deep healing and like recapitulation of those facets of my soul that have been, you know, fragmented across the cosmos. And then also, yeah, just really stepping into the entrepreneurial realm, you know, and there's a few projects I'm working on now, which we'll go into later. And here I am in the Mexican jungle, just following the thread of life and leaning into the edges and never backing down. So that's just the short story in a nutshell.
2: Beautiful drive by. I love it. Um, all right. So I got to rewind the tape. Just a couple. What part of Australia? Oh, well, let's start even earlier. Like um, growing up in India, your dad was into aesthetics over religion. You were kind of saying more of a, probably a humanist at some level. Um, and your mom's Catholic. What was your interpretation? I mean, that's a pretty diverse culture. Uh, you know, spiritually, were you, were you even aware of Hinduism and stuff like that, or were you in a kind of a cloistered Catholic situation, or how, how did that whole reality tunnel go?
1: Yeah, so whilst I was still in India as a child, I mean, you know, less than five, like Hinduism, oh, you, know, was, you might like, not even it,
2: have many memories, but go ahead. <laughs>
1: Uh, funnily enough, I, I remember when I was in the womb, <laughs> so I do. This is well, other I memories. Corrected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I've got fucking a pristine memory. Uh, also, a lot that's been repressed, right, funnily enough. But yeah, when I was in India, you know, Hinduism was around me. I remember like the ceremonies, like, you know, the, the Ganpati statue being taken down the street. Um, it was just that in my house and also then going to church and, you know, being baptized. But it was very clear that I was to be raised uh, a Catholic um, and just, you know, Hinduism, Hinduism was on the periphery, especially because my dad, he just didn't practice. Like his his religious practice was like continuously sketching, painting, like creating, right? So that's what that was like. And, and clearly like, you know, growing up, yeah, I went to church. I went to, you know, Catholic school. So you go to church every week, you have like your prayer time and then, you know, I, I just did it because I was. That's what was expected of me, and my, and I guess then my father figure was really Jesus, right, or like the, um, the invisible God of um of Exodus, and, you know, that that fear was probably instilled into me. Uh, whereas my my father, I think his way of, he was never really there to be honest with you. Like he was there physically, and he was there in an artistic influence around me, but there was some trauma there that kept a wall between us. So. My religious context was essentially quite fucked up because I was trying to understand reality in some way, shape or form through what I'd been told or what had been like going to church and mom, you know, saying whatever she needed to say, but never really feeling that that was truth. And it's interesting because I had this memory when I'm like maybe four, where I was literally like questioning, you know, like what happens after I die? And I would try to imagine it. Would I just be, would I just cease to exist? And I'm like, but if I cease to exist, then where would my awareness go? And it doesn't make sense to me. So I kind of like, I'm like, yes, a God does exist. And that was like four years old. And yeah, you know, religion is a bit of a, it was a bit of a shit show um, and a lot of deep programming that I've had to unravel. And I can still see some of that playing out. Um, But yeah, it was, it was really like a a hybrid approach to religion and now i'm just like how do i just listen to the voice within and trust that so
2: yeah that's that that's fascinating i'm looking at your chart you do have chiron which is like the wounded healer your your the wound with light comes in in second house uh gemini so it's like you know sturdy how to put this Relationships potentially, I don't know if you have siblings, but definitely possibly, obviously with your dad are going to be kind of problematic in that uh, you just don't get the nourishment you felt you needed. Basically, um, kind of like you know feeling like a, a lost kid, even though you're surrounded with family. Like you, you were on the outs a little on that front. So when you moved to Australia, what part did you go to? I was just in uh, Gold Coast and Brisbane for a right break before COVID.
1: Nice. Um yeah, we moved to moved to Perth.
2: The most isolated the capital city in the world. In the world. Yeah. I have some friends there actually. Um Raphael, that's where um Guy is from, Perth, uh Western Australia. Very beautiful uh, area, although it's not quite as populated as some other, you know, major cities. How did um I mean, was it you were saying it was a culture shock? Was it insanely alien to you like uh, was it traumatizing? Like how I mean, obviously it, moving Continence has got to be its own trauma. Um, but did you feel like you fit in or were you always kind of on the outs or how did that go?
1: Well, interesting. When we were landing into Perth, you know, during that flight, we had eight attempted landings. It was just like this crazy, like crazy ass storms. And I was just reflecting on it the other day. So just the arrival in was trauma because everyone was like vomiting everywhere, like saying the rosary. Oh my God. So just let, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of kind of hectic. And look, it, it wasn't cult- culturally it wasn't that shocking because you know, my like my mom's uncle was there, you know, we kind of moved to their place initially and there was some extended family there and the school or the area that I w- that I was staying in, you know, it was like a lot of mixed ethnicities, you know, so a lot of like, you know, Vietnamese and um, you know, it's some Indian, you know, some Italian and Polish, but you know, yeah, there was still a sense of like um how do like, I? You know, part of me was like, I don't feel, I don't feel the same. Like, I don't feel like I fit in here because of my skin color and how I look and all this type of shit. And yeah, I think that was a natural part of the process. Um, I don't think it like significantly like shattered my ability to acc- acclimatize or assimilate into the culture. Because to be honest with you, i ne- for the most part, I've never felt like I've been able to assimilate into humanity in general. You know, so it was just like a microcosm of that experience.
2: Not surprising, you are an 11th house Pisces moon. You're like, I'm not from here.
1: Totally, and and that's the 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 joy of this lifetime. I I see him. It's like now I get to just build this kingdom and enjoy the sensorial um, nature of being human. I'm like, okay, like yeah, I've agreed to be here now. I can't. I've I made that commitment to self a couple a few years ago, actually, when you know it's like either i kill myself or i'm here and i play all out um so yeah we see how that landed
2: yeah It's was like you're still here good good choice all right so you grew up in perth um i mean were you still being forced to go to catholic schools and stuff like were you starting to i mean at what point did you start being i mean was it when you're 18 or whatever when you're like all right i'm done with this whole shindig uh did you go to college uh, you said you went for business but it's like what was that whole experience like uh, what did you get uh you sounded like you got turned on to psychedelics in brooklyn but had you dabbled you said you also said you smoked weed uh prior to the airline so i'm kind of curious like were you just sitting around watching the simpsons smoking weed and skateboarding or like how does your childhood look we'll get out of the childhood quicker than that trust me but i'm just curious
1: yeah look so you know i went to catholic primary school catholic high school and i was you know i was like a pretty quiet uh, boy like a quite introverted you know like creative but just really in my own process and it was only like 11th around 11th grade like I, I changed physically and then like you know a girl started giving attention and like my, my 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 circle friendship circles changed and it was kind of like I started to gain more confidence slowly but surely and then simultaneously at home I just started to like I guess it was that teenage rebellion as well. Just, like, not give a fuck about pretty much anything and just, like, just do my own thing, you know, like, out, out in the streets, you know, smoking weed, you know, like, drinking a little bit, you know, parties and that type of thing. And that it was, I was kind of, like, in that world for a while, just kind of, like, you know, pop- popularity and just, like navigating that whole subculture and of course in Perth it's pretty much a country town it's like kind of funny to even think that that even exists there Um, but I guess that's just you know dynamics that play out anywhere in the world and and then yeah you know I I used to I used to smoke like a lot of weed and in Australia especially in Perth you just smoke bongs right like no one really rolls the joints it's like you just ripping these. I've still never it learned just...
2: how. I I totally oh, get oh, Gravity dude. bongs, tubes, whatever. You know, it's like a, a buckets? Yeah, exactly. That's a gravity bong. You get it. Um so no I, I used to grow weed and stuff. I don't smoke much nowadays. Uh but I was a raging pilot, so I feel you there. And Rafael's probably smoking as we speak, dare I say
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah look um I I I kind of maybe I probably was addicted at some point in time but Eventually, like it was this interesting transition phase in my life. Look, so really, what woke me up? <laughs> I mean, I, I it, it was eleven eleven, like literally back. This was maybe in like in like two thousand and three. I literally started to see eleven eleven everywhere, and and I was like, what the fuck? Like I'm not even high at I'm seeing eleven eleven it clocks, receipts, and I looked I looked up on the internet, and mind you, this was two thousand and three. There was only one article that was up by like Chris, Crystal Links or something like that. And it's to do with spiritual awakening, DNA activation. And I'm like, okay. And I was literally being activated. And then actually this is an interesting kind of like segue. The first point of reference for me was like the Bible. Because I'm like, well, clearly something's happening here. Let's go into the Bible. So I used to like, I read it back and forth. I used to wake up at like three in the morning and say like this special novena prayer that my mom would have. It'd be like this prayer to like the Virgin Mary and like, and I was literally like having spirit wash over me and a few months in to like this deep cuz i was like deeply 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 like meditating introspecting i was smoking a bit of weed here and there and kind of like and it was funny because you know if someone would be like oh you're you're just high i'm like well in the bible somewhere i can't remember which um uh, which specific verse like you know like moses was instructed to literally make a tent and bring in all these various ingredients and, like, you know, perfumes and kind of awesome, which is cannabis. He he pretty much had a, like, a fucking, yeah, he just got fucking high in a tent um, and literally had this vision and got handed the twelve commandments. (laughs) Right, so um, I'm like, look, like, you know, it's a a master teacher as well. So anyway, like, the guidance inevitably came through that. It was like, he was hotboxing, Moses hotboxing. I got the guidance to, like, just put away the book now and just purely go within. And then I just really was in deep, deep, deep communion with self for, you know, maybe like nine months and everything just opened up. And like I said, I was getting visitations like in, in the physical, not, not in the third eye. Like orbs Um, and and stuff you were saying. Yeah. So not just orbs, like imagine waking up in your room at nighttime um, at like three in the morning with like, This, like, with a car in your room, putting its high beams on, like, literally beaming to you light. And sometimes it would be gold, sometimes it would be silver, sometimes it would be white. And you would think you'd be scared, but it's just pure ecstasy because of the frequency of these beings that were coming into my field. And you know, I realize now, being more mature in my journey, that I was being seeded with like light packets of consciousness during that time because I was at that level of receptivity. And those seeds are only blossoming now in my journey.
2: That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm still trying to figure out how to feel about a lot of things, but I'm not against what you're saying at all. Um, it sounds like you jumped into the deep pool pretty quickly, um, but it sounds like you you preferred that, like you wanted it to happen. It doesn't sound like. I mean, were you horrified, or were you mostly just sitting there being like, "Fuck yeah, this is like a video game now" or whatever? Yeah, I mean, and I
1: was, I was like. I was blown away, right? I was like, what What the actual fuck? Like, there is Didn't reality beyond, beyond... Yeah, and and yeah, 100%. And this is the thing, I guess this was like this evangelistic type of, I don't know, um, paradigm that may have been inside of me because I was like, I wanted to wake other people up, right? Because I'm like, wait, wait, like, do you not know who you are, right? And I was like, trying to like wake people up. And, and, and you know, I learned that lesson pretty quickly that I'm not here to like just wake people up who aren't ready and inevitably you know whoever wants to come and listen to whatever i have to say and whatever resonates like that's that's the way forward but initially i just wanted everyone to feel the same like joy that i felt inside of me
2: i think that's the uh, kind of sh- i mean shadow is a strong word but it's like that uh the analogy because i was raised christian i'm still technically a christian but it's like um You know, if you've been starving and you get bread and you want to feed other people, you're like, I found food. That's kind of sounds like how you you went about it. It's like you got turned on and you're like, holy shit, y'all realize this is possible. Because most people aren't, I mean, especially, you know, in modern Western, even post Christian, but Christian cultures, um, people aren't talking about orbs and spirits and like new age people are and, you know, psychedelic communities are um, more so clearly, but not, you know, your average Joe. Yeah, and you know, and it's it's kind of crazy because you know you, you go to church,
1: right? And you know, speaking about the Holy Spirit, about angels, about like you know uh, Mary being visited, and well, it's just like and like in really like reanimation, like necromancy, like, and it's just kind of funny because it it it's all being like placed as taboo, right, and seen as dark. When inevitably, you know, Jesus himself, you know, was like this 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 sorcerer, like this being that had literally this mystic that was tapping into different realms and communicating with like non-physical beings. So, it all, and that's always how I would kind of like communicate to my mom, because to this day, you know, like she's still a devout Catholic, you know, and bless her soul, because I'm sure her prayers have saved me a ton of times. But I kind of, you know, bring it back to what's in the Bible, which is clear as day and this is the thing about the Bible, like Jesus always said, you know, this is for those with the eyes to see and the, and the ears to, to hear. And what it was meaning was this, it's like, you're not going to get this unless your third eye is open, unless you're actually able to receive this from a specific place inside of you. So I think many people are just kind of going through the motions and just the, the programmed habituation of what it means to have a relationship with God, but they haven't seen it as a guidepost, you know? So yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating
2: yeah most people for better or worse are in it for fire insurance i guess we're like i don't the idea of hell scares me so i'll do what i can to avoid that whereas um what you know I, what in a the book of motivation. Isaiah, Well, i mean it is you know people avoid suffering as much as possible in various ways whether that means ripping the bong to not feel bored at work or to you know what like we're all motivated by a different weird thing so i can only hate so hard but um uh in isaiah there's this you know in the book of isaiah it's like this dude's constantly going into the temple, doing the religious rigmarole. It's culturally, you know, it's expected he's a devout Jew or whatever, right? He's doing his thing. And then one day he enters and there's like an angel of the Lord and, with, and he puts a hot coal on his tongue and stuff. And it's like, that's kind of what it sounds like you were dealing with. Like there's a difference between like going through the motions and then like having a spiritual uh, awakening slash experience.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I mean, end of the day, like, you get like, you know, a, a million Christians, you know, each, no matter if they're following the book to a T, they're each going to have their own unique experience and relation, you know, and look, I honestly believe that, like, you can find a pathway to, to God, creator, self-actualization through any religion, or I can go look at a rock outside, right, and stare at it for long enough, and the the divine is going to reveal itself to me as long as I'm willing to listen and have my heart open. Um, so, you know, I to, and to that point, um, I'm I'm grateful for my upbringing. You know, I'm I'm happy that you know I grew up in that specific pathway because it allowed me to arrive where I'm at within myself, and of course, with that also came you know deep challenge and honestly like I, I find it quite unnerving that there's such deep ritual in playing side and like within specifically the catholic dogma and people are just uh, they haven't been really like uh a- Initiated or not getting the full picture about what's going on when you make these verbal agreements and you are reciting and you are following these specific rituals, and what they can actually do, especially when fear and this notion of hell has been perpetuated, and there's this patriarchal figure that you know it's just kind of it's a very strange dynamic, and I feel like many people have lost themselves in that pathway in the same sense that people have lost themselves in pulling you know a, a, a ridiculous amount of bongs and that becomes their god so yeah it's interesting you know i'm thankful for my part but at the same time now i'm uh, i'm relatively like you know agnostic and i just i take whatever i can gather from you know any religion or any teacher or any situation adding that to my worldview in the knowingness that meant the more that the more that i know the less i know really you know so that's the great paradox that i sit in and yeah, it's just beautiful to have a level of awareness to continue to transmute previous experiences and see the beauty in it. So thank you for even speaking to this because even this conversation is healing for me.
2: Doing what we can, bro. So um, I'm curious, when you uh, got the gig um, in Dubai, I mean, you said you were traveling all over the place. What were some of the best you know, experiences on that front? And worst, I'm kind of curious, like where would you say never to go? <laughs>
1: Okay, so so I'll give you like a little glimpse of what the lifestyle was like to gain some context, right? So, so first of all, like I'm a I'm a straight male, right? So I'm thrown into an environment where there's ninety percent female, uh, most of them, you know, pretty attractive, um, and with most of the men being also like you know gay, and it's kind of like so you kind of like thrown into this environment where it's just debauchery if you wanted to be. So it was like you know partying. You know, like a, a lot of like, yeah, a lot of like sex, like a lot of just like pretty much like what a, a young, uh you know, conditioned male would like thrive on. Um, but anyway, like I, I had, a, I got into a relationship pretty quickly, which was actually my saving grace because I, I do orientate towards relationships, to be honest with you. So it was fun, like traveling essentially like nonstop. And during those earlier years, the rosters were a little bit more easy. Like they weren't like, because there was still 10,000 cabin crew, but it was quite, this was like pre-global financial crisis. After the GFC, they tightened down on everything. And then we were flying like a, a brutal amount. But look, I was traveling anywhere from, you know, the, the States, you know, to New York, to L.A., to, you know, to to Asia. And you'd go to like, you know, Thailand, like China, like India, to Europe, all over the joint over there, to Australia, to Africa. And I guess some of the most interesting places were some of the places I would never go to normally, right? Like Uganda, right, where we'd be at this resort at Lake Victoria, eating like this, you know, this perch from the Nile River right there, or like Cape Town, which is like a stunning, stunning, gorgeous like table mountain, just like peering over the edge of this, like essentially what used to be a fishing village. It's just this juxtaposition is phenomenal. Um, I love Malta, like which is this, I think it's one of the only places that never actually got conquered. Uh, just because um and also like Sri and like yeah and Malta is just like this beautiful blend of like um you know of like like Italy and like um and, and like um, uh, and, and Morocco and like it's this Arabic like a Sicilian blend of like magic with incredible food and like Florence for example I love and uh, let's just pick a continent like um yeah like in America you know I never went in too deep in America to be honest with you but I did feel a real strong affinity with New York. I always have. Um, And I guess that's why I went back to Brooklyn for a while. And like then, you know, some tropical islands, for example, like the Seychelles has always was a magical spot, just activating like the Maldives. Um, But what was really special was like Egypt, right? And the best perk of the job was that we got these really cheap tickets. So, you know, on your days off and on your leave, you can essentially go travel pretty much anywhere. So I did a really phenomenal trip up the Nile with my family actually doing this uh, river cruise where I went to the temples and the pyramids and that was activating as fuck. And yeah, I mean there's, there's so many more, but those are some of the highlights I would say my favorite destinations. Oh, one more I want to share. Um, I went to a safari with two friends who I'd never really met before. Um, in in the Masai Mara Mara in Kenya during the wildebeest migration. So that was like something out of the Lion King. Like legitimately, we were going through a wildebeest rampage, like a stampede, and it was just like 360 panorama of just endless wildlife. And
2: that was, yeah, breathtaking. Surreal, to say the least. Um, Yeah, I mean, America's cool, but, I mean, you're getting to the hot spots. Uh, Egypt and that whole, I mean, (laughs) Nile cruise, that sounds dope. Um, definitely perks the job so when you started kind of settling down and um doing the whole marriage thing in brooklyn um and doing the app what was the app right so to give some context like in the airlines
1: we used to get like this membership right being like a flight attendant where you'd get like ridiculous discounts um at like uh and, and perks at, you know, the best restaurants, clubs, um, gyms, bars, etc. right? And, you know, so it was really great. And then I was like, okay, um, come back to Australia. I'm like, how can I implement this in Perth? Like, essentially giving people an access to the coolest spots, the coolest clothes, um, the coolest restaurants, you know, in an exclusive edgy way. Right. And essentially, you know, I call it society card and it was like a card. I bought like a card printing machine and shit. And then I realized, okay, the block here is getting business owners on board with this. So I need to find some partners and I found some partners in the entertainment industry and, you know, brought them on board. And then inevitably they're like, we should create an app. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, sure. Then I pretty much designed a website and then created a hybrid app using like a a front end UI, which this platform allowed me to do. And then, yeah, we had like a hundred businesses on board and, you know, we had like a database of like 50,000 that we could go to. But then long story short, those other business partners were going through some shit during that time. They had like, they just lost a million dollars in their business and the energy was kind of like a bit messed up. And I realized that I had given too much equity away, you know, this was my first business and pretty much like I just kind of pulled the plug on it and, went to the States essentially and then that's how I kind of got into the okay website thing because I'd already had a little bit of
2: experience and yeah that's how that kind of moved forward so um you had smoked weed before but when did you start getting into like real hard psychedelics right so after that Stint in in Brooklyn, which was
1: like it was a short stint. It was like three months, but we were just there. Then we came back to Australia, and like I said, you know, we 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 broke we broke up. Um, and then maybe like three months after that, um, I was you know sitting with some old friends, and they were you know about to go partying and stuff like that. They were doing some coke and some blah 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 blah, and there was one of the guys there who was an artist who was also like a remote working engineer. And like, I'd heard about acid and I'm like, Oh, you know, I heard about microdosing. So I go, yeah, you know, I want to look like, microdose. And he goes, Oh, he actually does that to help him to work at home and to enhance his creativity. And then he pulls out a tap and he goes, Oh, like, you, you uh, yeah, here's one you can, you can try. And I'm like, okay, cool with the intention to microdose. And anyway, then we went to the club that night. We had like a little private boot type of thing. And, um, Essentially, like my friend had given given me like a pill, and you know, and anyway, then I was feeling really apathetic because at this point I was just like, you know, what is life? Fuck everything, you know, re- married, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. Of course, yeah. I was
2: like, it's a trend <laughs> not a fun yeah, time. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was tough. And then I'm, I go to him. I'm gonna take this tab, right? And he goes, what? And I go, I'm just gonna fucking do it because I don't care. Clearly, I've got no context to what this is about, what's about to happen. So maybe uh,
2: the best choice you ever made, my friend.
1: It was the best fucking choice because when when the acid kicked in the same, the, the, the MDMA kicked in the same time, so just imagine oh, like,
2: flipping. okay okay
1: yeah, it was like this fucking rainbow like base moving through my whole being uh, with everything around me just showing its true form, like to the point that you know uh, my my friend's girlfriend, I was just like holding her and I felt her energy would just fucking light up the whole room, right? there was some like drunken uh very high. Um, like uh, girls that were dancing in the corner, and I could see literally that they were possessed by the spirit that was inside of them, like something out of True Blood, when everyone was getting possessed, and and there was the other girl who we were with, and she was literally shape shifting in front of me, and I'm like, um, I, I, don't mind me, but I, you're. I'm seeing something. She goes, oh, I understand because, you know, she's had some psychs before. And I was literally like seeing her shape shift between three different lifetimes. And then I told her about them. And then I touched her and I tuned into like a childhood. And I go to her like, um, you, you grew up on a farm, right? Like cattle. And I, I said all these things. And she was like crying because she's like, what the actual fuck? So, yeah, like it shattered my whole paradigm open, like in that night.
2: So it's like um, Night at the Roxbury meets shamanism. It sounds like pretty cool stuff, dude. And literally, like when I went to the
1: toilet, like it was something like I was in a Snoop Dogg video clip. Don't look it in was, the was just like, like <laughs> right. it was, it was, it was insane. And like I came out of that that day, I'm like, what the actual fuck just happened? Because nothing I knew. Is actually real and then two weeks later like i i got another tab i locked myself in the room and i just wanted to go inside because i needed to understand
2: yeah the internal landscape i whenever i trip i haven't done it in a while but i used to trip once a week on acid like a tab uh actually i've, I've got a couple of hits that are like 400 mics which is like double dosing which i found out the hard way last year but anyway um uh yeah i mean it's one thing to go in a public space um I've tripped at you know concerts and rollerbladed around Denver um actually uh, right outside of a uh, Broncos game on a Sunday one day and it was like telepathically connected with everyone and it was really bizarre that's one thing but the a real fun thing to do I think um if you're not in nature I've actually met uh Albert um Hoffman's grandson in Switzerland he didn't do acid but Albert Hoffman the guy who synthesized acid was like get in nature if you can Uh, So going for hikes, you know, going swimming, that kind of stuff is, like, pretty radical, Um, day or night, you know, stargazing, all this kind of stuff. But putting on a blindfold, putting on, like, the Beatles um, from Rubber Soul On, that's one of the best things I've ever – I mean, if you haven't done this – because it's crazy, especially, like, don't come up to that. Like, do that when you're, like, ready. Uh, Same thing with, like, Tron, Daft Punk, like, you know, all sorts of – Philip Glass. There's some really good shit to trip to um, musically. Final Fantasy VII's original soundtrack um in any event um the beatles if you come up you know if you're already like not coming up but you're like not peeking, but you know you're high uh put on a blindfold put on some headphones and listen to the beatles uh rubber sole on i was like these guys i mean you're coming from a christian context so i was like this is the gospel 2.0 like they're they get it holy shit it's all about like love 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 and all this crazy shit mm. and i was just like holy fuck um like, it, like, because I didn't get raised on that shit. My parents were, you know, not turning me on to like that. The Beatles, particularly, I had to find them on my own. Um, but in any the event, um, there's a there's a popular level of the Beatles, of course, like where it's like Coca Cola, like yeah, everybody liked the Beatles. But then, like once they started doing Sergeant Peppers and stuff like that, they were initiating an entire you know generation. So pretty fascinating stuff if you haven't done it. Um, but uh, let's take a quick music break um it's might as well uh we could come back and kind of start getting into maybe bali and some of the spiritual work you have been doing getting up to current times what sweet, you're up to sweet. um but this song is by justice uh it's pretty funky it's called fire Enjoy. i picked it because you're a sagittarius so much fire energy i was like oh yeah here we <laughs> nice. go nice. enjoy welcome back it's funny because I picked that song do the fire lyric and you being a Sag, uh, you know, multi house, uh, planet, eighth house Sag. Uh, but they kept on saying lovers need the reason like it's a lovers card episode. So there was a huge resonance there. And then on top of that, um, it's talking about it sets the world on fire and stuff. And that's how I look at, I mean, ultimately psychedelics uh, and the whole revolution that we're kind of under undergoing for the past few decades, especially more recently. Um raphael i'm kind of curious uh you've said you've been at like you know clubs and parties and stuff and kind of held the space for people with yourself and others on psychedelics um have you like the leo king he came on he said uh he had a mushroom trip where he was seeing people shapeshift have you uh seen any of that kind of jazz
0: well let me just briefly say so the way you describe it you know again without advertising anything everyone has to make their own choices But if you do it, the way you describe it kind of is the way to do it, (laughs) both in the sense and it doesn't have to come from that point of view, really doesn't, but have great transformative potential or also almost be like, a, don't know, escape hatch or something in some circumstances. If you you know how to, I don't know, relax or whatever is necessary to really enjoy and transform within those states, that's the one aspect, let's say the healing catalyst aspect. And the other one is, you know, the paradigm shattering aspect of realizing that reality is just a hologram. And I've seen different kinds of things also in, I mean, I would now say sober states, but, you know, for example, being in love can be e- equally psychedelic. Um So people shapeshift, I mean, faces, yes, also, you know, variants of etheric bodies and so on. But anyways, I just like to reiterate that, The way you did it in that sense, like going full bore and then even revealing whatever is coming through. These are like the cool, um, examples because in a, let's say entertainment or relaxed setting, there may even be more optimal meditative settings or spiritual settings, but even in a club, you know, loud music and so on, people are usually somewhat, I wanted to say out of their comfort zone, not even necessarily, but they're more relaxed in their overall approach, maybe a bit drunk or whatever. And then it's just really astounding every time to see especially if you are on a specific wave, and go through with it, how much you can actually affect just as the example you gave, you just saying whatever is coming through. And of course, she's starting crying as she starts crying. And of course, it's correct, you know, because we are all connected, right. And that's, of course, you know, opens up a different chapter in in one's life.
2: I kill you here, okay, cool <laughs> go for it
1: yeah, I know um no, beautifully put and yeah, to, to your point, you know we are able to access the infinite library of of wisdom and not um, just through through presence really, and I feel that's what mean you know, psychedelics specifically allow us to be calm out <laughs> to access a state of deep hyper presence, you know if we don't, we're faced with all of our shit and um, it's, it's it's really interesting as I've evolved on my journey of exploration, um, how I've started to rely very much less on, I guess, third party um, spirits influences, and starting to rely more on myself. So, uh, on the breath, first and foremost, you know, breath work can be a powerful um, catalyst for growth, transformation, and also you know, visionary, visionary endeavors. And um, over the past few years specifically in the last year or year and a half i've opened up my own innate multidimensional vision and like i can see like people's past lives and alternate realities and cellular structure with no psychedelics at all full stop now you know so it's like it's just fascinating how what is already inside of us can be revealed through certain catalysts in our life, whether it's a psychedelic experience whether it's through a deep relationship and heartbreak or whether it's through a car crash and nde so yeah it's it's it never ceases to amaze me that we're on the crest of this reawakening of self and fundamentally the truth has always been hidden in plain sight right inside of us
2: yeah it's this buried pearl that I guess in an Alan watts sense we've buried and we're just we've chosen to kind of the archaeologists were like indiana jones up in here finding it it belongs to the museum so you did the acid you started kind of becoming i mean you were already were aware of spirits and kind of heavy weird you know stuff i guess you could say um where did this trip start taking your life i imagine you know you didn't stay in australia so like what started happening then
1: yeah so you know I, I worked with you know acid a, a, a bit more specifically to you know understand the underlying architecture of reality and funnily enough in that second experience which was two weeks after my first i was like up against the wall rubbing my hand up against the wall and feeling the vibration of the tapestry of the subatomic layer and i figured that i could actually break through it and as i was about to my guidance was just like, what the fuck? Are you, like, why? Like, why are you, you know? Anyway, that was just a funny, interesting thing. And I kept working with acid a little bit. And, you know, then I had a a singular ayahuasca ceremony, which is really beautiful. And there was an interesting moment where I was working through some deep, um, deep childhood trauma. Um, and I, I couldn't actually, like, break through. And that's when I took... Um, yeah, about a about a four hundred uh, microgram dose of acid as well, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend to anyone unless they are uh, extremely adept or, or you know are in the space. It was very intense, but it, it did actually rip apart my you know my consciousness what it felt like, and allowed me to go to that place inside of me to essentially you know really forgive my father and to you know start that healing process. And, yeah, you know, and then the healing process continued. I was kind of like doing my thing and. I saw a psychic at one point. I've only seen like three psychics in my life. And I really felt the call um, for this person. And she said all these things about, you know, the stuff I'm going to create, computers, technology, which has been told to me by my And then she goes, oh, you're going to be living in an island, an island next year, like a tropical island. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. And fast forward, you know, like there was a point where, I was about to move to Hawaii. I was also being called to um to Peru. And then I just ended up getting, going to going to Bali. Like there was just this deep call inside of my soul that I needed to be in a in an energetic vortex to really anchor this next level of my my being and also to heal whatever needed to be he- healed. And yeah, book the secret to Bali and actually there was a friend of mine who was planning a trip and she's like come with me and I'm like okay cool so that happened and that was my first introduction and then I'm like I want to be here and then a couple of months later I just made the move
2: so you, we, uh, Jessie Waters you may know her she's been to Bali we talked about her uh, about that with her Um, what so you like moved like full on like more than just like a three month stint so I did the whole, like, I did
1: three months in Bali and I would do like, I'd come back to Australia for like a couple of weeks. And then like, I was getting, I get, I get called like somewhere else, like in Asia, I think I went to Thailand, but then come back to Australia for like a little bit longer. Like initially it was kind of like a, um, a slow, Yeah, a little hopscotch, right. And, and then also because mama Bali, like she'd only want me there for like three months and like, okay, go now. Like go and kind of spread the seeds and come back. And it was that type of relationship until it became like longer periods of time.
2: And I mean, I haven't been, but it's, uh, my fiance was talking about wanting to go the other day. I mean, between water temples and just kind of, um, a very, how would I say, I mean, Tibet kind of looks like this where it's very immersive, um, psycho spiritual culture. It's not like kind of in the sidelines. It seems like it's, it's vibrantly part of everything, um, kind of describe what uh, you know what your experience in bali is like yeah
1: look um so you know in bali most people would go to to ubud which is you know the the spiritual hub um the new age hub as well or they'd go to you know like changu or the southern side which is more more hipster type of like uh, you know some entrepreneurial vibe type of thing there and like I generally used to gravitate towards Ubud, but I would actually always come first into Canggu because like my energy field needed to be prepared to go into Ubud. Because if I go into Ubud with whatever I had accumulated in my field, I get my ass kicked essentially because it's such a powerful accelerator. And even when in Ubud, like there's so much stuff happening there. Like you know, this this yoga, there's like ecstatic you know, dance, like tantric stuff, and. You know, not as much medicine. There is medicine, medicine ceremonies happening, but you you got, you got to know people. Um, but even I would always just stay in my own pocket. Like I'm the type of guy that like, I just do my own thing and I'll come in, I might just kind of like connect a little bit, but I need a lot of space. So for me, my experience of Bali is just like having, being held by this magical island that's so steeped in in history. Like, I don't know how much you know about the, the Balinese about the religion that they've essentially you know brought forth but it's like this hybrid hybrid hindu buddhism pagan religion which is really beautiful because it's so unique and their whole thing is like bringing balance between the light and dark that's all that the whole religion is about right so you find them consistently throughout the day, making the offerings to the temples, to the stores, to the statues, to their scooters. There's always this scent of like aroma in the air, incense burning, and that's what I love the most about it. You are living in a ceremony itself, and then your life starts to become one. You know, I don't I, like I'm not I'm not all about the new age spirituality, and like for me. I'm about how do I become the best version of myself and more into entrepreneurial endeavors while still being able to have access to, say, a workshop or a static dance or high vibrational food, which was the best part, not the best part, one of the best parts about being there. It's everywhere. you know. So it's kind of like a really safe, easy spot to just breathe and to connect with people and environments that are on the same wavelength as me. And that's why I really recommend Bali for people going through especially that first phase of the spiritual journey like it's a great spot to land at the same time the shadow is there it's a very ripe like you know charlatans you know like taking advantage of people and stuff so yeah you know but it is what it is it's a beautiful powerful spot and i'll share one thing like um there's this book i can't remember the name like i'll see if i can pull it up but it's 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 all about this book about the vortexes in the in the world and about the planetary ley lines right and um, there's a masculine and feminine planetary ley line, whether you believe it or not, that essentially they go through all of the power spots and then they, they converge in Bali. Right? And within Bali itself, there's seven specific portals at seven specific temples through which all of the planetary karma is purified. right? So it's really, really fascinating how this whole myth kind of plays out and there's a big, big, big parallel between Bali and where I'm at right now in the world, in the Yucatan in Tulum, in the Mayan civilization here, like they're twin cultures. It's phenomenal. So that's a bit of my experience in Bali. Like, and I just got to go to a co-working spot, do my thing, get awesome food, go out in nature, hit up a temple, meet phenomenal beings. And then when Mama Bali says it's time to go, you got to go.
2: That's what's up. Bali's the belly, as they say. It sounds like an interesting place. Uh, I don't know, fellow, you want to go uh, eventually, but Team Rabbit Hole field trip sounds in order. Um, I don't know what the situation with COVID and traveling there right now is, but that's definitely on the to-do list. So you did Bali, and then, I mean, I don't know what's between Bali and Tulum, but tell us how you got there and what you're up to.
1: Okay, so... 2020 was the, the bridge, right So actually 2019 I was I was the whole year I was pretty much just um, living between Bali. Um, I was in, I was in Greece for a fest in, I was in Thailand for a fest and then back in Bali and then at the top of last year, um, I finished up a stint in Bali, came back to Australia in March with an intention to be there for just a few weeks actually just a to touch base with family and my, my ex-girlfriend was with me when COVID happened, right? And, you know, Australia being the um, the fascist regime it is, blocked all Australians from leaving the country. And me being, you know, a, a true blue Sagittarian and pretty nomadic, I was quite, you know, quite frustrated with that. And um, anyway, you know, I, I I surrendered to it. And um, I knew I was there for a reason. And then a couple of months in, it's still, things are still the same. And then my relationship kind of, well, my, my ex-girlfriend, she left back to her home country. And it was that time for that chapter to end. That same day that, you know, we broke up essentially because it just wasn't wasn't happening. I got the guidance to check the Australian traveling official website again. And a little clause appeared, which wasn't there before, saying that as an Australian citizen, if you had been outside of the country more than you have been inside of the country, in the past twelve to twenty four months, you can essentially leave, right? And I'm like, uh, okay, okay, I, I whole, qualify. so that whole and how see how fucking vague their wording was anyway. The whole evening, I was calculating my travel for the past three years because clearly, I'm not super organized, so I was going through all of my all of my stuff, and I figured out in the past twelve months, it was a 60-40 split only because I had been in quarantine and lockdown in Australia in the past two years, it was like exactly 50-50. So I, I, and I was talking to a friend at that time who was like, you can come to Greece and you can land here because Greece was open, right? And I'm like, I go to the universe. Okay, give me a sign in the morning when I wake up. So when I wake up in the morning, you know, I do my thing and I look at Instagram, the first three posts, the first post was from a dear brother of mine. He's a Greek Australian. Um, who you should have him on this pod, podcast at some one point. His name is Stefanos phenomenal human being. So he's Greek. I was at his wedding in Mykonos just prior. The next post was from Scorpios, which is a phenomenal club and restaurant in Mykonos in Greece. And then the next post was this, like this animation of a woman in like a jacket, the color of the Greek flag with on the back, it says it's okay to live an unconventional life. So I'm like, all right, universe. I booked my ticket straight away. The whole day I was seeing like eight, eight, eight every single everywhere. It was crazy, and I literally went through this portal and I ended up in Greece. And I was in Greece for three months, and that was a stream of miracles, where I was being pushed and pulled to to various temples. I had all these like priestesses pop up in my field doing grid work, and at the end of that stint, like I even got gifted a, a three week stay at an eco resort at this Greek island called Syros, which. I'll just I'll speak a little bit to it because I'm like why am I getting sent here universe A it was a Catholic stronghold so part of like you know shifting some energy there and B there was this very well known sage called Phyricides who was actually the teacher of Pythagoras who used to live in a cave there and who was connected to Ezekiel and it was just like so I was also there to recapitulate some aspect of my soul. And he's got a very interesting cosmology about the um, the elemental nature of reality and how time is the first primordial element, which is a really big unlock for me. Anyway, long story short, next step, I had three months to stay in Greece because of passport. Where do I go? I was like, mm, uh, do I go to Costa Rica? And it felt really good at that time. I even booked a ticket. But then, an opportunity to travel to Bali came up again. Even though it was blocked, there is a way to go, and there is, still is a way to go for all the listeners as well. Um, if you if you want to know, you can we can reach out. And then I'm like, okay, Bali, Bali, Bali. And I was even I even paid like thousand dollars to expedite the visa so I could go there in two days because I'm kind of that type of person. But when it was time to put my documents in into the consulate in Athens, they closed down that same day because of COVID. And I'm like, all right, fuck. Okay, where am I meant to be right now? Mexico was in my field. It was just in my field a little bit. And I even called my friend who lives in Cali. And I'm like, yo, like, have you ever been to Tulum? I'd met this brother in Bali. And he goes, "Uh, no, but sounds interesting. Next thing you know, a few days later, he calls me saying, I've booked my ticket to Tulum. Are you coming? And I'm like, oh, I was still resisting. Until the next day, I was at a cafe doing some work. A song came on. Um that i really liked and i shazammed it at the same time a friend of mine in tulum who owns a retreat center who we've only been met online uh, mind you she liked my post and then i looked at the name of the shazam song it was down in mexico and i was like fuck and i booked my ticket immediately and then yeah found myself in mexico (laughs)
2: <laughs> Raphael's laughing, I'm sure. Uh, sounds like you're just riding the sink waves left and right. Uh, props. I mean, staying in tune like that is what's up. So I'm curious, before we kind of get to the Mexico front, um, what your epiphany with the nature of time being the primordial element is.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because this, this guy, Thericides, he's also the first uh, teacher in, you know, Western thought to speak to the reincarnation of the soul. And, you know, it was quite influential um, and essentially, time being notion of time as this ocean. Time being this ocean of possibility, this quantum field wherein which we have access to, in any uh, in any given point in moment. And time being a relative construct to us, and us being time. And from this infinite field of time, then the first. Second element of like, you know, fire emerging forth and then so on and so on and so on, where in which most people, a lot of people see time as this, I guess, like a, a, a negative construct, you know, like being ruled by the Saturn influence and essentially uh, being a prison. And when we can actually realize that time is... The liberating facet and substrate of our reality through which we can influence both our future and past simultaneously. And whilst this like revelation was having coming through, um I came like literally this Alan Watts, um this little Alan Watts snippet came into my field, which he speaks to time, and we being this boat, you know, bobbing on the ocean, like going through a specific direction, and then there's the wake of the boat the water behind us and then there's the distance into the horizon ahead of us but how we move or navigate or calibrate the energy field in real time it won't just shift the trajectory that we're moving forth, but it also shifts the wake of the boat behind us so it actually shifts our physical visceral experience of our past so that was like a massive unlock for me because if i'm showing up in this moment in an optimized aligned inspired state My past has changed because my experience of today has been phenomenal. And clearly how I'm able to live tomorrow will also um, expand in, in a very profound way. So that was the unlock. And it was really interesting because the day before I left Athens to Syros, I got woken up at like three in the morning with a literal lightning bolt. I left my body and this primordial like soup appeared to me with all of these elements. And like I was literally Feeding this essence of this teaching come into me at that time. So, I mean, whether you want to believe this or not, like, this is literally oh, no. my okay. experience yeah. of truth. Okay. And it was, it was, it was like fucking, it was, it was absolutely insane and how everything came together. But, um, yeah. So for me right now, I'm like, time, like, time is the key. It's the key to, to liberate oneself from the, from the, the imprisonment of one's own polarized experience of reality and one's old construct of like, future and past and you know this is not a new teaching per se but it also allowed me to bring up time in in an equal uh on the on the equal state as like the other you know aspects of creation because end of the day it's like i play and as you do as well right in the quantum field in real time and it's like what is real time? It's being present. And it's being present enough to be able to feel the subtle natures of reality and weave them in a way that is empowering. Also to access, you know, your childhood trauma and to and your shadows and to heal that. And also to access the facet of you that has physically manifested into that expanded self and starting to embody and interweave that. So, yeah, I mean, time is the great unlock.
2: That's hard. Uh, Raphael, I'm kind of curious about your impression of what he just said.
0: Well, you move along in time until they realize it's all simultaneous, and then you still move in time, but it's yeah, it's just like you said. There is a point when you realize that also what apparently seems to be so fixed, the past, is just your recollection of it, and that changes in the present.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things that LSD really helped exactly. me with, right? We're- I was like, oh shit, I can, like, I remember having very serious, um, well, I mean, I'm still coming from the Judeo-Christian thing, but it was almost like I was, uh, intentionally praying and like blessing the past or something. And if you do that, it definitely changes your, uh, your attachment to it or whatever, how you relate to it. Um, and you were saying you're in Tulum now. I know that, uh, Mayan culture is pretty big, you know, that's a hub of theirs and they're all about time. Um, I mean, time as art, uh, with the whole dream spell thing, is a kind of a modern and new age kind of spin on it. But um, what's been going on in Tulum? So, so listen to this. One, the first week I came
1: to Tulum, within a week, I got invited to an ayahuasca ceremony, which was actually only my second ayah ceremony, which was at this. It's called Sian Khan. It was at this UNESCO reserve gorgeous at this property on the beach and that was a fucking initiation it was it was like intense as fuck like um and you know i've sat with buffo and you know i've gone deep but this was like i was uh, in the whole time and anyway long story short i I saw whatever we needed to come through and blah 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 i integrated the next day and it was. I've really never done ayahuasca but...
2: the record, so when you say blah 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 and all this oh. stuff, I've done DMT and talked to transdimensional beings and all sorts of heavy shit cool, on DMT. Cool. But uh, I Raphael's done ayahuasca. so you don't have to breeze through it. I mean, I I'm, cool. it's not okay, turf okay. I know. Just for the record.
1: <laughs> okay, got it. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, so this specific ayahuasca ceremony, first of all, the brew was very, very, very strong. Like the 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 shaman, quote unquote, had come straight from. The, the, the tribes in Brazil. But the thing is, and this is something interesting, like there was, in my opinion, there was too many people there with, with in relation to the space that was being held. So the it, space was compromised, okay? And maybe that was part of the experience that I was meant to partake in because I was there was the ceremony that was happening and then there was the ceremony that was happening, which was something which was like fucking beyond. And look, like in in lifetime, you were a gladiator I, I, on,
2: I, I, on the astral. I mean, you were doing dude, with other people's shit, probably.
1: Dude, it was it was like to the point where I had to I had to literally eviscerate everything and become the full blown fucking multi dimensional dragon that I am. And and it's the point that any single thought that came into my field, I would just light it up and. I was at this place inside of myself that I'm like, I will do this for all of fucking eternity to hold the integrity of what's arriving right now in the field. Because there was a friend of mine who there was a transmission that was coming through, uh, through her, like a big time. She, she's a woman and there was big time stuff coming through. And this was like playing out in real time. And it was like, fuck. And to the point that I was looking at the ceremony and I could see a being that the shaman had brought in that was siphoning the field. That's siphoning everyone, and I half more than half the ceremony. I had my my back turned because I'm like I'm not partaking in this shit. This is not how you go. This is not how ceremony is meant to be, especially with relatively inexperienced people who do not know how to navigate those planes. But anyway, long story short, it was it was as it was meant to be, and it was powerful and blah blah blah. And then two days later, remember how I mentioned that um, when I was in Athens and the guidance came through from Mexico. Uh, a friend of mine from Tulum liked my post, right? So I'd never met her physically. She'd only, we'd been in touch a few times, and she'd be like, come to Tulum and host a retreat. I'm like, I don't do that. But anyway, so we met, right, physically. I said, hey, Lisa, I'm here. So we met, and, you know, we, obviously we got on incredibly because there's a soul connection there, and she's telling me about her retreat center and the story that uh, she she was embarked upon to get to that, which is phenomenal, and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I'll come and visit. And then I go to her. Oh, I want to. Um, I actually want to rent out a five-bedroom home to kind of create a, you know, like a little bit of an intentional community. You know, creative accelerator. And she goes to me. Oh, act- actually, actually, I-, I have a six-bedroom in the jungle that no one's been there for like nine months. If you like it, you can go and stay there and create. And I'm like, okay, um, all right. I'm gonna. I've been like you said. I've just been leaning into the to the synchronicity. So I go and I check it out, and um, it's a six-bedroom in the shape of a star uh, called Casa Estrella, which I'm living in right now, by the way. Um, it's like a Merkaba with a hexagon courtyard in the middle with a tree going out of the center that has a cactus symbiotically growing through it, and he, and, and it's funny because when I was there, I'm like, um, what? That's something out of a fucking fantasy. And she's like not super spiritual, right? Like she is, but she isn't. And she goes to me, oh, I'm I'm feeling a little little bit like embarrassed saying this to you, but I was seeing you standing on the top because you can stand on the roof and I can see all of these UFOs flying around you. And it's like, yeah, this is your home. You're meant to be here. So long story short, I live 20 minutes out of Tulum inside of a national park called Dos Ojos, which is the... Big, it is a national park protected. It's the largest underwater cave system in the world. The whole Yucatan Peninsula is a, a subterranean river system. So there's 26 cenotes right around me. So I'm living in like this activated land here, ready to build whatever I'm meant to build. So that's kind of the where I'm at
2: now. That's dope. I mean, first of all, the architecture sounds dope. Uh, secondarily, it's, I mean, I didn't realize it was such a like an aquifer kind of situation there. Um, what kind of experiences have you been having? This
1: place is not for the faint-hearted. Imagine this: this underwater river always moving, always moving. You've got the beach, you've got cyclones, hurricanes. This this place is deep, deep, deep shadow work, much like Bali. Like so, you know, people that are coming through for like a short period of time, like, you know, they might feel something and kind of like have an experience and kind of leave. Most people are coming through just for like holidaying and, you know, parting on that side of the beach. But if you're here for long enough, you get worked. You get fucking worked so, so deeply. But, you know, have you seen my chart? Like, so I kind of like a sucker for this. I'm like, all right, bring it. Oh, you're going
2: to the, the dark spots for fun. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I know that you you've you called me out on it. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, cool, kind, of, it's kind of it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, and I love it because I I don't want to I want to be able to feel you know the full facets of this experience, right? And here it all comes up, and then being in the jungle itself, which is like a dimension within a dimension, it's a whole different story, you know. So there's there's been moments where I, I've been questioning every fucking piece of everything right now, um, and there's been I've been especially the last few weeks, brother, like I've been the hardest of my life. Like for like last week, for the last week, I've been consistently feeling like I've been needing to faint, um, like pass out sleeping consistently like feeling like i'm dying and every single dream i was being wars battles demons i finally moved out moved out of it two nights ago where like i got woken up with the full-blown kundalini for like 20 minutes i was just like electrocuted in my bed i couldn't move and like, so you've got me on a good day because i thought i
2: was fucking gone
1: So that's
2: the it's the eye of the hurricane it sounds <laughs>
1: I'm I'm just, I'm literally just out of it. And it's like, it's always perfect timing though, right? Because now things are moving again. And I've been doing deep, deep trauma work, brother. Like, this is the thing, because the part of me which has been hiding in plain sight and which I was, I thought I'd worked on enough was there ever present. And like, I've moved through another layer of that and there's a deeper awareness around that. And this is the thing, right? If we're not in integrity with ourselves and with what I'm calling into this reality and into this field, like, if I'm not able to hold that charge because of whatever densities in my body, it's just not going to work, you know? So I honor how this land is working me, how it's forcing me to slow down, and how life is just, you know, allowing me to kind of move in a way that's perfect. And another interesting thing about this part of the world, so, you know, like, I think it was like 66 million years ago when the asteroid hit the planet and wiped out the dinosaurs. Right, near the right Yucatan. Right, It was in the Yucatan, yeah. So that's what caused all of this underground fracture. So this place is a fucking, like, it's a powerhouse.
2: That's fascinating. No, it doesn't surprise me you're attracted to that place. I mean, not only do you have a Pisces moon, so it's like you should be near water kind of always, just you'll feel emotionally good about that. And, uh, you know, you're always going to prefer beaches and, you know, islands and stuff like that. Um, But, gosh, uh, yeah, I forgot about the comet that kind of fucked things up at one point. Uh, presumably, uh, was off the coast, so it's kind of like a seat of death, I guess you could say. <laughs> it's
1: it's a seat of death and also a seat of rebirth and new life, right? So, and this
2: is precisely house. why. Very why house.
1: <laughs> and this is why the this is why the mines are here as well. Like, why? I mean, the civilization here was just like, ooh. I mean, clearly, like this place is home for me, and Bali is also home for me. It's only two places I've ever felt home because these are. I guess they're twin portals that really hold this specific energetic about death, rebirth, and everything that that entails. And clearly we are here, you know, there's an old paradigm that's falling apart, and there's a new one that is being, you know, reinstated simultaneously, you know? So I know that geographically, um, bioenergetically, I'm meant to be here, and I had no
2: choice, clearly, to be here. So here I am, here is, here the, am. is the intention to stay there for a hot minute?
1: yeah hundred uh, 100 like from a logical perspective i'm like where else in the world would i rather be than the other place that i would like to you know do uh, in, the, in the in the big picture i see having a base here a base in bali a base in greece right i am coming to cali beginning of april for a visa run for a couple of weeks so that'd be kind of cool but i'm here like i have literally i'm on land like this place is going to be a you know a a, a new earth uh bastion right of mystery school um you know conscious accelerator permaculture you know everything that's in my field right now is all to do with that so yeah this 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 feels like home the land has called me and i'm gonna really hone down and this is gonna be like headquarters
2: that's sick um so kind of on that wave like what are you working with Uh, when you know i i kind of used your facebook description for the blip um How do you see yourself facilitating? uh, What projects are speaking to you? That kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so at the moment, there's a couple of major things. So, I'm essentially building like a multi-dimensional mystery school Rolodex um, accelerator. I guess you could call it that, right? So, with an online facet, but then a physical facet where where beings feel the call, come through, stay here for a couple of weeks. They go through the the protocols. You're working with working with medicine, eating pristine, immersing in nature, and just being in the vibe with other beings who are raising it up right it's here, like right World now. Boot camp. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. With with plenty of space just to be right, because th- especially being here in the jungle, the jungle works you. And then, of course being interconnected to the virtual facet of it, you know, but and then also, you know, creating spaces for more long-term people because I've got access to another property, which is just down down the jungle road here, which is an eight-bedroom. So I'll be creating something there next month. But here in my here in my space specifically, I'm I'm actually calling in more of like the long-term creators and collaborators to really Built here because this is a temple space, and every energetic here in each bedroom points to the middle, and it's like this massive vortex and macabre So, anyway, there's that that I'm building, which is it's community, it's you know amplification, and it's it's experiences. That's one thing. On the on in parallel, um, I have a a startup that has seed funding, which is an application and technology, um, to essentially measure the vibrational frequency of humans and empower them towards their uh, their growth, towards their healing, to mitigate anxiety, depression and disconnection. So we're actually going to figure out um, how to, because when I say figure out, because it's an algorithm that has to learn. Um, how to literally measure your vibrational frequency and state, so that it can be used to for for illumination, for insights, for um, for measurement, for analysis, and inevitably to um, to to be shared with the world. So that's what I'm working on. I'm also half with writing my book, which should be launched in in June or July. That's the date. So I've already got a publishing agreement with that.
2: What's, yeah, that's is it like a that's biography much a, or What's the book about? And I'm I'm, I'm sure Rafael, <laughs> if you have any questions, jump in. Like I'm curious about the algorithm and stuff. So just kind of jam for a second on these things.
1: Yeah. So so the book so the book is all around. Really, it's about self actualization. Right. It's about. It is three parts to it. Three parts with three chapters. So the first part is all about the illusion. It's the illusion that we find ourselves in, how we landed here as a species, how we got so enmeshed in this maze, in these, you know, in this conditioning and this lies and all of the control mechanisms that are there. And it speaks to the illusion and framing it in a cosmic scale as well. You know, the second part is all about the, the revelation, how we essentially meet our true self through leading into the edges and to our fear into our shadows and allowing that facet of ourself to be revealed through exploration of self. And I'll speak to all of the experiences around that as well. And then the third part is about the reclamation. It's really reclaiming your serenity and standing tall as a temple of light, of truth uh, here in this physical reality and what that means. So it's like this call to call to arms with respect to being an embodied leader um, in this uh, new paradigm that we're calling forth. And I'll be Interweaving my story into it. And it was funny because I wrote more than half the book in in June in this book writing intensive. And then I didn't write anything for months because I, I think I knew that the rest of it wanted to be written here because clearly the story got a lot more interesting when I arrived in Mexico and just showing what is possible. What is possible when you just say fuck it to the stories and you just free fall into the edge of oblivion and trust that life's got your back because you're life. So. Yeah, so that's that's the book.
2: That sounds dope. We'll have to get you on here to uh, expound upon that when you release it, if you're down. Um, what is, uh, what? I mean, the inspiration behind the app, I mean, basically, did this correspond to people saying, you know, I'm feeling high vibe, I'm low vibe? Like, what's the etymology of the process there? So, essentially
1: this, like, the big picture would be to have the application to To determine your vibrational frequency based on a specific baseline, based on um, both your input as a user, like you know a self uh, self feedback, but also through leveraging whatever technologies inside of the device. You know, without without revealing too much about the underlying mechanisms, it'll be a combination of using big data, using your your individual behavioral patterns, whatever else you're feeling in real time, and your Feeling sense, So it becomes a bespoke mechanism to do so with the, yeah, with the clear, clear intention of you know elevating mankind. And because when the idea came to me a few years ago, it was like, I'm like, like not that I'm a perfected being but any way, shape or form, but, you know, I'm on the path. You're on the path. It's like, how can we share these tools to people in a way that is just truly scalable, uh, engaging, dynamic and absolutely paradigm shattering? You know, so that's the that's the moonshot that we're going for
2: to the moon, as they say. Raphael, any thoughts on those things, either the book or the uh, tech?
0: It'd be interesting to see how the tech really pans out. One thing I've become familiar with over the last year, I believe, is called Healy, which actually is a redevelopment of an existing technology. Yeah, I mean, you know, no matter how it looks like exactly, we certainly can put such type of tools to good use, you know, for self-reflection. I'd be curious as to the exact mechanism, but I guess that's something that he will is be heavy, eventually. He is a house secret eventually.
2: No, I'm kidding. Um, uh,
1: but uh, but uh, I'll just, I'll just speak to that. I'll speak to that very, very quickly. I speak to Healy because you know Healy was speaking about specific, like specific frequency of like you know body-related functions mechanisms. I, I, I would love to partner with Healy in the future. By the way, like and with a segue there. Initially, we when I so I speak to frequency vibration, speaking more to like emotional state, right? So it's for, prime example is this. Imagine that like I'm coming, say I'm I'm about to. We've been speaking online, you and me, Jim, right? And um, you know the tech n- knows that when I when I speak to you, like generally I'm kind of I'm upset, I'm, not, I, I'm happy when I speak to you, but say I'm upset, and say the next time that you know say you've come to like Tulum to visit. And I'm like walking to a cafe and then apps like, yo, Jim's here. Maybe you should turn around because generally he makes you feel shit. It's a very rudimentary example, but kind of like building on those dynamics of how you relate to everything in life from an emotional level and how to, you know, to, to shift, to pivot or to transcend in real time so that we can empower ourselves.
2: That's fascinating. So um, just at a philosophical level, given how much you depend is a strong word but um in, uh, you know lean into synchronicity do you think this would alter that in a positive negative way no way like um you know if you had some app saying don't talk to that chick in Tulum cuz you disliked a post of hers uh you wouldn't be in Tulum based off of those algorithms or am i seeing this wrong
1: yeah so it's got nothing to do with liking or disliking or any like arbitrary um uh, any arbitrary measurements this is like our intention is to really understand how you're feeling at any given point in time, to the point that the technology becomes a, a a digital version of your your higher self or your guide, right? So it's like that deep intentionality, and clearly it it is would be mapped or it would work in parallel to your your deepest intention, your 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 growth, your goals, right? So um, you know it, it wouldn't stop anyone from doing anything that they don't want to do. Um, but it's just more like how can you navigate towards your life, like you know your life, Raphael, or your life, Jim, in a way that is going to be more harmonious. Whilst at the same time, and this is a very important piece. Not avoiding negative emotional states, right? So if you're spiraling into something, which so many people do, it's saying it's not saying like oh fuck emergency, you need to get your vibration high, love and light. No, it's saying like hey, wait a second, like something is up. It's okay to feel this way. Can we suggest a way for you to move through this? Right? So it's giving more of a, a perspective into the intentionality at its core, more than being a social tool or a lifestyle design tool. First and foremost, a way to really help people who are hiding in the fucking shadows and who have no tools, no network, nothing um, to be able to assist them in their pathway uh, moving forward in life and just to be alive as well.
2: I'm reading, uh, I've been reading Harry Potter and Narnia and all these uh, books with my fiancé who's in England. And um, while I've been in the States and not being able to travel, we just finished Fellowship of the Ring yesterday And um, this kind of reminds me a little of Sting, uh, where it's like, or, you know, these weapons that glow when the orcs are near. It's like, it's not going to tell you to avoid the situation. It's just going to make you aware of the dynamics that are present, essentially, at some level. Um, Also reminds me a little of Pink Floyd's Darks of the Moon, um, the song called Breathe. It's like, look around, choose your own ground. If you can kind of see the terrain more clearly, um, maybe you can make, dare I say, wiser choices. 100% 100% Such beautifully put And I love
1: that you spoke to A couple of things Like the glow of the ring Because You know There will be a wearable At some point Right And it could be a ring And it would glow Like legitimately You know Like when stuff's happening So I love that you, you've dropped that in And also navigating terrain Because That's exactly it There's a trajectory in this life You know That we move on If we don't have awareness About what potential obstacles are there You know What troughs What's You know like how what, what treasure's there It's like it becomes a lot more challenging, you know? So I want to create that in a way that is super dynamic, engaging light with another intention to actually get people off the devices. That's like the deepest intention there and to reward that as well, you know? So yeah, I love it.
2: Sounds fascinating. I mean, I know that, uh, I I forget what the documentary is called, but clearly, you know, big tech, big data kind of is doing this already. It would be a lot cooler if there was more positive New age woke. I don't know how you want to put it, positive intentions behind it, as opposed to just, um, you know, Facebook being like, "All right, we're going to show you videos that you like because you like this." Now it's just a, kind of a echo chamber of certain things. I mean, that's kind of why certain uh, at certain levels. I'm not saying exactly only why, but this is why some conspiracy theories blow up in certain circles <laughs> because everyone's seeing the same thing only, and it kind of creates an echo chamber at, at that level.
1: Yeah, to- totally. That's that's it, and I feel not that I feel, like, responsible, like, this happens to be in my field, right, like, what's in my field is what's in my field, and I'm like, th- there's got to be some of us whom are positive, whom whom are, whom are connected to truth, that are working with this technology, because at the end of the day, like, like you said, it's already exists, it has existed for a long time, and it will continue to, to like, uh, insidiously make our way into our consciousness more and more now, so... I feel like, man, I've got, I have owe it to life to at least play my role. And, of course, it's not just me doing this. I have a team. And I think you made a very important point about, like, this neutrality with information and, like, knowing the power that exists within algorithms and, like, ensuring that, you know, privacy and data is very, very um, – it's – in the power of the user itself and they know what they're getting into because we also want to create awareness around what a technology like artificial intelligence can actually do for you positive and negative and then give that data to the user in a sovereign way you know so inevitably you know if we as a company would want to use that data maybe at some point in time it's like what would it look like you know i think many companies start thinking about this it's like what would it look like to really give that data you know, to the user, uh, give them full sovereignty over it and allow them to essentially like even monetize their own data if that's what they want, but that's in their control. Because right now, you know, we're all we're the product, right? And we're being totally uh, raped and siphoned in every level. So there's like a deeper, you know, battle playing out. And to your, uh, what you said right at the beginning about in my chart, you see that I'm a truther. It's like, you know what, like I, I am, I just haven't been supremely vocal about it. But Uh, I'm about to be, and I'm also, you know, here to really walk my talk as well with the stuff that I'm creating as well, because end of the day, if we aren't embodying that truth and if we haven't aligned our lives, if we aren't taking care of our data in that same way as well, then what's it all for too? But yeah, man, it's an exciting time to be alive.
2: Yeah, I mean, just drive by quick, like you have an eleventh house moon, so you're going to feel real happy about working with technology and um, cutting edge stuff's. Uh, subcultures, etc. So keep doing that. creep creating subcultures with all the eighth house energy. You're here to transform how we perceive truth. Um, you know, kicking out the teeth of the old regime, but also, uh, hopefully, carefully, like you're saying, instilling the next cycle in a sense. Because we're kind of in you. You know, we're in transition right now. So. We're, uh, you know, jumping from one lily pad to the other. We're not quite on the next lily pad yet. I don't really know what that'll look like, but clearly it seems to be more, um, aquarium in nature, the age of Aquarius, right? So it's like technology, uh, subcultures, um, aliens, <laughs> dare I say, uh, stuff like that. So it sounds like you're on the mode and with your North node as well as mine, mine's in a different house, uh, 10th house, but yours is in first house. You're going to create a community and financial value, uh, you know, um, so. Don't you know? Never feel bad about that. Like you are an entrepreneur, so keep doing it. But you're gonna do it with style. It's not just like you're crunching numbers, just trying to be a geek about it. You're like, I want to, you know, hula as well as like text or whatever.
1: Brother, I, I love, I love the reflection, man. It's yeah, I, I resonate with all, with all of that. And you know, I'm li- I'm really learning to embrace that because I'm like, wait a second, I can be all that I am, and it's fucking okay that I can just play, create surrounding myself by phenomenal beings in community, make it edgy and cool as fuck, and just like repattern the whole paradigm. I'm like, all
2: right, sweet. Yes to that. You signed up for it, bro. Well, uh, Nikhil, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. You're definitely Team Rabbit Hole. Um, You're out on the edges doing the shit. Uh, I hope our paths cross. At some point, you're cool. I don't know if I'll end up in Tulum or Bali or any of these places, but I'll keep you posted. Um, Yeah, it sounds like what you're doing is... If enough seed pockets of this kind of stuff happens, I mean we won't have Hollywood Hills filled with like you know Epstein's and cokeheads and shit. We'll have cool shit going on in the world, and the culture will kind of flip Dare I yeah. say, I'd love for this you know it's not about woke culture, but it's like you know higher self awareness and I'm even stupid at this ask i l i'm I'm running in here like a kid in a movie asking all these questions i'm not, I don't have my shit fully together by any means um, but it seems like the way to go is uh you know it's a paradox it's like find yourself together and, you know it's like we're in this all of this together we're on spaceship earth in a buckminster fuller kind of sense and we're all <laughs> crew and uh you know wolverine is not storm is not xavier you know x-men but it's like they're running a show together so i think we're going to be finding um a lot of like minds, like hearts, uh, people on mission, people from different dimensions of experience, past lives, however you want to put that, and uh, it should be a lot of fun as we kind of rattle and roll through this stream. Uh, are there any last kind of thoughts you have, or um, we'll put links, um, if you send them to me on uh, Messenger, we can put some links and stuff um, and get people tuned into your stuff, but any like parting thoughts or anything you want to plug?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, to the last thing you said, I, I, I genuinely feel that we are literally all coming on this like this light ship together, right? And we're about to just blast off to the realm of infinite possibilities. And it's truly a golden age, you know, this, a, truly, a true renaissance. And it's just fascinating to observe the timeline that's falling away and then observing the internal timeline of what's possible and just remembering to really harmonize with that. Because whoever's listening to this just... Don't forget how fucking powerful you are and you specifically are a very unique piece, pedal, puzzle piece of this collective mandala, which we are all co creating, this dimensionality that's unfolding together, that's actually influencing all of creation in real time, you know? So it just brings me so much fucking joy to know that there's beings like you guys as well. So thanks, Jim and Raphael, for having me on, just doing the thing, just holding it down, and you know, remembering that a community and connection is like the key to all of this. And this is why we, I guess, decided to individuate ourselves as conscious. Yeah. So yeah, just, Raphael, yeah, just keep, keep. Go keep, ahead. Keep, keep keep. Yeah, you keep. So keep. Yeah. So keep 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 trusting, keep opening, and yeah. Look, I mean, you can you can find. I don't have. You know, I haven't really been putting much stuff on my website like and that's something that's about to shift and change dramatically real time but a lot of more of my writings as I gear up towards book launch but NikhilKale.com, you can find me on there and um and instagram at primal.alchemy Anyway, I'm about to be gearing up a lot more intentional content I've had a bit of a kind of like a, a meh apathetic view recently towards putting stuff out there without having the full thing really land behind me, but I'm ready to kind of like fire up and, and I guess redefine. And thank you for the sort you know, reflection, Jim, because I get really, I get kind of sick with things that are like, ah, oh, this doesn't feel true to what's coming in. And then inevitably got to create it myself, you know, and when we can just connect in this way, we're already recreating these new pathways of transformation and, and reson- so, yeah, so epic stuff. That's all for me. Thank you
2: for sure rafael i'm sure you dug most of that but any thoughts uh in parting
0: thank you so much for sharing your story of course i would say those who have eyes to see also have had visions of this kind of application of technology and ai and data in this sovereign way there is super amazing possibilities and i would guess ultimately the point is just to redirect that not to serve some faceless entity as profit or dare i say sacrifice in whatever way shape or form but actually enrich the individual's experience and the recognition of their connection between themselves and all that is so thank you very much for sharing and joining Uh, that is all and last thing is if you would not exist nothing would exist so appreciate yourselves thank you so much
2: Mm-hmm. Radio OK Talk radio for okay,